If you have your Bibles this morning, I ask you to turn to the Gospel of Mark, chapter 11, verses 1 through 11. Um, Brother Mark read out of Matthew a while ago. This is, uh, was Matthew's account, and this is Mark's account of uh, Jesus entering uh, into Jerusalem and all the celebration that was going on in those days as we share with you this morning events of Palm Sunday. I also thought about, and I will share a little bit more in a little bit, where two ways meet. Where two ways meet. Mark's Gospel, chapter 11, beginning in verse 1. And when they came nigh to Jerusalem, unto Bethpage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, he sendeth forth two of his disciples, saith unto them, Go your way into the village over against you, and as soon as ye have entered into it, ye shall find a coat tied wherein never man has set. Loose him and bring him. And if any man ask you, say unto you, Why do you do this? Ye say ye that the Lord hath need of him, and straightway he will send him hither. And they went the way and found the coat tied by the door without a place, with, without in a place where two ways met. And they loosed him, and certain of them that stood there said unto him, What do ye, loosening the coat? And they said unto them, Even as Jesus has commanded, and they let them go. And they brought the coat to Jesus, and cast their garments on him, and sat him upon him. And many spread their garments in the way, and others cut down branches off the trees and strode them in the way. And they that went before, and they that followed, cried, saying, Hosanna! Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Blessed be the kingdom of our father David that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And Jesus entered into Jerusalem and into the temple. And when he had looked around about upon all things, and now the eventide was come, he went out unto Bethany with the twelve. Lord Jesus, I pray now that you'd speak to us through your holy word. Lord, because we know without you we're nothing, but with you we can do all things. So we pray that you'd honor your word today, and that you'd bless the hearer and the speaker. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Jerusalem at Passover time was a big delight for the Jews, and uh, many gathered in there. And uh, the city of Jerusalem probably tripled in size uh, during these days, and and because of it, the, the Roman military would always post plenty of guards here and there because they thought some Jewish person might rise up and kill somebody or they might start a riot. So they were on guard. A lot of nervousness was probably going on uh, in the city. And uh, into this situation came God's servant, the Lord Jesus Christ, to be crucified just outside the walls of the city. Now, on the road that Jesus took, as according to the scripture here, um, travelers would come through Bethany first and then to Bethpage. And I thought about what Jesus said at one time when he looked over Jerusalem and wept over them. I understand according to historians, and maybe you have been to this point, I don't know. But looking down from where he was at Bethany and Bethpage there, the elevation was some 2,600 feet. And I thought to myself, my, what a sight, as he stood there and looked out over the city, knowing what was coming uh, his way. He was going to permit the followers 
to go with him. And he was going to do something, as Brother Mark said, he had never, ever done before. Because every time it ever anybody had ever worshipped him, it was just one or two or just a few people gathered and, and falling down before him. But at this time, he allowed them to go in to get a coat and to bring it to him. And he would set upon this coat and ride into the city where people would be shouting, Hosanna, the glory to God in the highest. And on and on, it was a, a great spectacular parade uh, for him. And, and thinking about this... He fulfilled two prophecies. He declared himself to be Israel's king and Messiah, and he deliberately challenged the religious leaders. Now, this is what led up to his mockery of a trial, his arrest, his trial, and his crucifixion. Knowing all things, the Bible says, and God knowing all things, and Jesus knowing all things that his time was soon to come, he was preparing those who were following him because he had already prepared his uh, disciples for what would come. But the story of Jesus is so amazing because nowhere, no matter where you pick and live, okay? So God chose Jesus, his only begotten son, to come to this world, to come to this earth and to die on a cruel cross for you and for me. He brought salvation with him. And thank God he did. So let's think about these events of Palm Sunday. Now, we think about the fulfilling of prophecy. Okay, you can look back in the scripture way back. And uh, you will find all kinds of scripture. In fact, um, Zechariah 9, 9, it says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, the king cometh unto thee. And this is what he, Zechariah says. He is just and he has salvation with him. He will be found lowly and riding upon a colt, the fold of a donkey. That's what Zechariah said hundreds of years before Jesus came on the scene. He prophesied that that's what to look for. Well, you know, we have the prophets have all gone. Now we have preachers and evangelists who are still crying out the message that Jesus is coming. Listen, the stage has already been set. The only thing that hasn't happened, the curtain hasn't opened for him to come to this earth yet. But he stands ready, waiting for his father to say, Son, go get your bride. What a time that's going to be. When we think about the fulfilling, uh, Zechariah 14, 4, the very first part of that verse says, And his feet shall stand in the... In, in that day, upon the Mount of Olives, which is just before Jerusalem on the east side. And that's where he was standing, coming through Bethany and Bethpage there. And so we understand, hey, they knew God revealed to, these, to, to Zechariah where it would come. You see, God's never missed. He has never missed. He always comes through. Jerusalem, as is, is, is Jesus was remembering all these things, he had wept over the sins of Jerusalem. Bethpage, we understand, is called the house of unripe figs. And Bethany is the home of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. As he passed through there, I'm satisfied, he thought about the event of that day when they came and said, our brother's dead. If you'd have been here, he wouldn't have died. And he said, he's just sleeping. I'll wake him up. So we think about the fulfilling of prophecy, things that are to come. And so we also, secondly, we think about the fact of preparation. Now, last Sunday, we talked about being prepared. When we think about being prepared, 
Verse 3 says, And if any man say unto you, Why do you do this? Okay, they're going into the city to get somebody's animal. I mean, it's going to walk up and untie him and walk away because Jesus said, Do it. And exactly what he said would happen if they ask you, and they did. He said, Our Lord has need of it. And so he took him. Reminds me of a story of one of our bricklaying trips. We were, I forget where we were, and uh, Brother Harvey Feltman, he's gone on to be with the Lord. Now, he was in charge of the crew, and he says, he told uh, Dan Farmer, Dan, you go, take you some men with you, and you, you go around this community, this town, and see if you can find some scaffold books, and see if you can find some walk boards. If we've got to have them, said, so go now, and don't come back without some. Well, one of the places that they went was a sawmill. Hey, that's where you can get lumber, right? So Dan goes in and he talks to the owner, which was a lady, said, uh, ma'am, uh, we're from all over South Carolina, Georgia, Florida, Kentucky, and said, we're down here trying to lay brick on this church. We're volunteers, and we need some lumber for boards, and we're looking for somebody to donate us some, and we will take care of them, we'll clean them up, and we'll bring them back. She said, absolutely not. Can't happen. Said, uh, by the way, what, 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 exactly what you going to do with them? Well, she said, he said, well, the Lord has sent us here to do this. And we felt led to come to you to ask you, uh, would you just loan us some? And said, she started crying. <laughs> Changed her heart right there. She said, you go out there to this certain part of the lumberyard, you get all you want and use them like you want to. I mean, that's just one little simple story. But Jesus, is he thinking about preparation uh, where two ways met? Uh, Jesus does not want us to be alone, so he sent two, okay? He don't want us to be alone today. In fact, you may be alone physically, but not spiritually, because Jesus said, I'm not going to leave you, and neither am I going to uh, forsake you. You see, preparation is important for those of us who are trying to live the Christian life. We need to be prepared for what's coming. We don't know what's coming, but we must be prepared. We must be trusting in Jesus. You see, Noah, <clears throat> Noah built an ark, and it had never rained. Abraham was told to go to move, didn't tell him where he was going. Isaac was preparing to get married, had no idea who he was going to marry. David prepared to sin, not realizing and knowing he would pay the consequences. Gideon prepared for, bio, for a, a, a battle with just 300 men. Paul prepared for beatings, not knowing when they would come. You and I, we must prepare. The Bible tells us to take up his cross daily and follow him. That's a daily thing. Every day, Lord, what would you have me do today? Where am I going today? No matter where I go in my daily activities, I am responsible to share Jesus. It is a command. It is not a suggestion to share Jesus with the lost world. It is a command for you and for me. It's not just for the preacher. It's not just for the deacons. It's not just for the Sunday school teachers and our youth leaders and children. It's for every born-again child of God. It is your and my responsibility to tell somebody about Jesus. I challenge you today as you leave, if you go through this way and go that way, the box of coins is right there on the, on the left as you're fixing to go out. As I said, it's the best witnessing tool I have ever found. You hand it to them, they see it, it is a beautiful coin. 
and it'll help you to be able to share Jesus. Give it away. So we see, uh, you know, the, the fulfilling of prophecy. We see the, the preparation that was taking place, but also uh, the faith of the pilgrims there, those who were following. They went their way and found the coat tied by the door without a place where two ways met. You know, we're on a path. Some folk are on a path on their way to heaven. If we're saved, we're on our way to heaven. But others are on a path that leads to hell, that leads to destruction. There's two ways. And these two ways are going to cross. Sooner or later, they're going to cross. You're going to have to make a decision. I've decided to follow Jesus. Or I've decided I'm not going. I'm not going. I've heard people say, listen, I'm going to hell. There's a thing I can do about it. I mean, that was so heartbreaking to hear that man say, look, there ain't nothing you can do. There's nothing nobody can do. The life I've lived, I'm going to hell, and hey, I've done settled that. Yet You don't have to go. Yes, I must go. I say, listen, the Lord has done paid your way to heaven. All you've got to do is have faith in him, believe in him, confess your sins, and you can go. It's hard to convince adults of this of this situation, whether to go to heaven or to hell. But children, it's amazing. A little child will listen right there, and they will just fall right into your hands. I don't understand adults that say, oh, no, I don't need the Lord. I know a man that recently died. Evidently, he didn't need the Lord because he didn't serve the Lord. He didn't go to church. He didn't do anything concerning the Lord Jesus. I know another one right now that tells you, hey, I work seven days a week. And this was his statement. I ain't got time to go to church. Hey, we better be taking time to serve the Lord. We better be taking time to tell people about Jesus because the time is soon going to uh, be over. You know, things are just better with Jesus. If you have him in your heart, they're just better with Jesus. In fact, we're in good hands with Jesus. Um, and here again, the Lord's about to do something he had never done. And he allowed a parade to take place. Uh, you know, we shout, we holler, all kinds of things. But a lot, a lot of people say, well, I, I, was, I was taught you just don't, you don't do that in church. Well, if the Lord leads you, it's okay to say amen. It's okay to say hallelujah. It's okay to say praise the Lord. It's okay to raise your hand. The Bible says if we don't do it, the rocks will. So the, fulfill, full, the fullness of praise here. Um, you see, the devil would have us to go in the opposite direction. Why go to Jerusalem? Why go anywhere to worship the Lord? Jesus riding a donkey, my goodness. You know what we'd want to ride? A full-bred stallion. But that wasn't so in his time. It was an honor to ride this colt. And it's amazing to me, you know, as he came in, that people were just led to take off their coats and, and throw them down. In other words, they, they laid out the red carpet for him. And we need to be willing uh, to go and to worship the Lord and to praise his holy name. Verse 8 says that many spread their garments in the way, and others cut down branches off the trees and strode them in the way. For him to go on. They were worshiping him. They were praising him. What a celebration. 
And you know, this even today is a great celebration. But next Sunday will be even greater celebration as we come to the sunrise service and, and bring the flowers and, and put them in the cross, honoring the one who gave his all for us. And then to hear a message of, of, upon the, the resurrection. And then to come for Sunday school and, and breakfast and, and then to be in here for worship and to hear our great choir and Mark Lead and the musicians. It's a time of celebration, probably one of the biggest celebrations there will be. And, you know, sad to say, there may, may be now, there may be people come to the sunrise service and that will come in here that only come once a year. Now, folks, we need to be on guard. We need to be ready to invite them, encourage them, and love them. Go speak to them. Invite them. Encourage them. A lot of folks going to come for the sunrise and not stay for the breakfast. That's your, my responsibility to invite them. Hey, come and stay. Eat with me. I want you to eat with me. You know, many times on a Wednesday night, I tell people, look, you come. I'll take care of the bill. You could just come. I want you to come. I want you to be a part of what God is doing. Well, we see all these things are taking place. But verse 11, the very first part, and Jesus entered into Jerusalem, into the temple, and when he had looked around upon all things. You know what I looked at? I underline it. He had looked around. And I wonder, what was he looking at? Or what did he see? So I began to think, what did he see when he entered the temple? I would think he, would, he could pick out, I know he could pick out, and see the lost that was there. You know, I don't know whether you're saved or lost today. That's up to you and God. But God knows, and God sees, and Jesus knows, and Jesus sees whether you're lost or whether you're saved. Listen, if you're saved, he, he, he knows about that, and he knows about your commitment. For those of us who are saved, he knows about our commitment to his calling. That is his church family. That is the activities that go on. That is the outreach that goes on. That is the filling out the care cards. That's doing the care ministry and the hiking ministry and the food ministry and all the men, the children's ministry, the music ministry, all that go on. God sees and he knows that. So Jesus, he saw the lost. He saw the saved. I believe he saw those who were faithful also. Not just show up for a special event, but those who were faithful. I believe he saw the backslidden, those who claimed that they were following him knowing that they weren't. I believe he saw the bitter. I believe he saw the downtrodden. I believe he saw the sick. I believe he saw the lame. I believe he sees those who had and who had not. And I tell you something else. He sees us. He sees us. He knows my heart. He knows what I'm all about. He knows where I am. He knows where you are. Well, you know, the king is gone. Jesus is out of our sight. None of us in this room has ever seen Jesus. But according to Scripture, he's coming back. He's coming back soon. Could be today. Could be tomorrow. And the question is, are we ready? The Bible talks about it. he could come in the morning. He could come in the evening. He could come at noonday. Peter denied the Lord, and the Lord told him, he said, when you do it thir three times, the, the cock's going to crow, and that's what happened. Cock crows most time at the house early in the morning, way before daylight. He could come, 
He's going to come and going to stop in the clouds. What an event that's going to be. As we think about the resurrection uh, next Sunday and how he came forth out of that grave, I mean, it's just nothing short of a miracle. I think of those soldiers that were standing there garden, and when that angel came, hey, they fainted. They became as dead men, and they rolled back the stone. Listen, not so Jesus could get out, but so people could see in that he wasn't there, that he was gone. And he says, I know why you've come, but he is risen. And that's what we will be celebrating. All this week, people will be making preparation for the celebration, for Easter celebration. And you and I, we make preparation. And I hope, listen, today, if you've never been saved, that today you would take time to stop and take inventory of your life. Because Jesus is looking around, okay? He knows everything. He knows why we don't do any better than we do. You know, we have the opportunity every day, every week uh, to share Christ. And every day we have an opportunity to walk before the Lord. Can you imagine the conversation that whoever those two were that he sent into the city to get the the coat? Can you imagine the conversation that they must have been having? Are you going to do the talking or am I going to do the talking? Well, both of us might have to do the talking. You see, it, it, Jesus sent two. You don't have to go by yourself. If there's somebody on your heart, listen, you got that care card. If there's somebody on your heart that you want us to visit, write their name on there. It's an important tool. We can't do any more than what we are asked to do, okay? A lot of folk don't want you visiting them. I've been a lot of places. Sometimes they don't want you visiting them. So write their name on there. Check with them. Say, hey, would you like our pastor to come? Hey, I'm, I, I'll go anywhere. I, I, I'm not afraid to go because I know the Lord's going to go with me. He said he would. He promised to go with me. He promised to never leave me nor forsake me. And as he looks around, I want him to see, hey, I know what you're about. I know what you're doing. I think of those churches there in Revelation where he said, I've watched you. I know your work. But you've left your first love. What about your first love? The love of God. What are we doing with the love of God? It's important to love God. The Bible says with all our heart, our soul, and our mind. Lord Jesus, we ask you to make your presence known now. It's a time of invitation. Lord, the altar is always open because your door is always open. And Lord, we know that, um, that you love us. And we know that you are aware as you look around, you see every one of our hearts right now. You know where we stand with you. And we know that you know the adjustments that needs to be made in our lives. And Lord, I pray that it would start today. If there's any lost here today, Lord, help them to get, have the courage just to come forward and accept you as a personal Savior. If there's any backslid, Lord, that they would have the courage to come to the altar, just confess their sins to you, not to me, that you said you'd forgive them of their sins and cleanse their heart. I pray for those that might be looking for a church home, God, that you give them the courage to come forward. Whatever decision these people need to make today, Lord, help us to make a choice to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. The altar's